as we hear your word, speak to us, we pray. In your name, amen. You may be seated. Good morning. Hopefully we're all doing well. I can smell the lovely food outside. We're very excited to have our, our lunch together. Um, and as we continue our series now, going through the names of Jesus, I'd like you to turn to John chapter 10. Um, so if you could just turn your Bibles with me to John chapter 10. And we're going to be reading from verses 1 through to verse 18. And looking at what the Lord has to say to us this morning through these verses. So John chapter 10, starting in verse 1. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will, and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. For this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life and that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. Let's pray and ask for the Lord's help as we look through his word this morning. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you that we can read, that we can understand your word by the power of your spirit. Lord, would you help us this morning as we look through your word to know what you have to say to us through it. Father, would you help us this morning as your sheep to follow you? Lord, would we follow you? Help us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Living in Ireland, we know quite a lot about sheep, don't we? <laughs> Andrew was telling us the other week that there's more sheep on this island than there are actual people. There's more population of sheep on this island than actual people. And there's one thing that I find quite interesting about sheep, and that is that sheep are followers. Sheep are followers. 
I used to live by a farm, and when I sat in my bedroom, I could look out the window, and I could see these fields and fields of sheep. Um, one minute, I'd be looking out the window, and I'd see all the sheep grazing in one field, happily, all together in one field, and I'd look down for 15 minutes, and I'd do some work or some homework or something, and then 15 minutes later, I would look out the window, and the sheep would be about three fields across. They would have found some random hole in the, in the fence, and they would have wandered their ways to a different field, and there wouldn't have been any sheep left in that original field. They would have all ended up ages away in a different field because they're followers. They follow wherever the leader goes, wherever the first one went to, they just followed. And what would have to happen next? Well, the farmer would have to get, go and go after the sheep. The farmer would have to go grab all the sheep, bring them back to safety in their own field. How frustrating was that for the farmer? I knew it was frustrating. I heard the words that they said to those sheep. It was pretty frustrating for them. But these sheep are lost without someone to properly lead them. They just go wherever they want and they, they walk in their own way. They've got no leader and they just wander off. Sheep are lost. Sheep need a leader. And I think sometimes, I think we can be like sheep. I think we, in this world, are like sheep. We can be lost without a leader. We can be walking in our own way without a leader in this world of confusion. Sheep need a shepherd, and we also need someone to lead us. We also need a shepherd. And the good news today for you is that Jesus, the good shepherd, is the one whom you, his sheep, can follow. Jesus, the good shepherd, is the one whom you, his sheep, can follow. Jesus in this text in John 10 is speaking specifically to the Pharisees, the Jewish teachers and the leaders. And when we enter into this text, we see Jesus starts with this figure of speech, this imagery. And this imagery, most of the people in the area would have understood about the imagery, but they wouldn't have understood the meaning behind it. So let's look at the imagery first together in verses 1, 1 to 5. I'll read it again. He says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When, he's brought, when he has brought all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voices of strangers. So we see in verse 1 there's this sheepfold. What is a sheepfold? Well, it would have been in a town where they gathered all the sheep, right, probably in the center of the town, and we could kind of see it as a field, as fenced over field. And there's this gate into the sheepfold, and that gate would have always been guarded by someone. That gate would have always been guarded by someone. Someone would have stood there all day so that no thieves or robbers could enter through the gate. But we see that the shepherd well, the shepherd has complete access. The shepherd can come in and go out. The shepherd knows the sheep, and the sheep know the voice of the shepherd. So the sheep follow the shepherd. The shepherd can walk in and out of the field. The shepherd leads the sheep. We know that sheep need this leader, and the shepherd can walk into the field, lead the sheep, and guide the sheep as their shepherd. Throughout the Bible, we have seen this imagery before about sheep and shepherd. We just read in Ezekiel 34 that God will be a shepherd for his people. And I'm sure you've all heard of Psalm 23. We're going to sing it later as well, where David says, the Lord is my shepherd. 
David specifically in this is seeing God as his leader, as the one who leads him, the one who leads him beside still waters. God is the shepherd for his people. God will therefore lead his people who are his sheep. We've seen that throughout the Bible in the fact that God appointed leaders as well throughout the Bible to lead his sheep. Remember for Israel, think of Moses who led Israel through the wilderness and think of Joshua who led Israel to the, to the promised land, get, led God's people to the promised land. God gave these leaders, these shepherds to his sheep, to his people all throughout the Bible and then ultimately God brought Jesus. Ultimately, God brought Jesus to be the shepherd leader for his people. And we know that Jesus uses this sheep imagery in this to represent his people. The sheepfold are, the sheepfold are his people. So we, as God's people today, have good news. We have been given a shepherd. We've been given a good shepherd to lead us and to guide us. And that is Jesus. So today I want to encourage you to follow Jesus, who is the good shepherd, the leader of the sheep. We're going to look at three reasons today why you should follow Jesus, the good shepherd, this morning. As Jesus shared this imagery in verses 1 to 5, in verse 6 we see that the, leader, or that the listeners didn't understand what he was saying. So Jesus then has to go into this explanation of what, of what this imagery means. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. And the first thing that I want you to see in Jesus' explanation is that you should follow Jesus, the good shepherd, because he is the only way to salvation. Look at verses 7 to 9 with me. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Jesus is the doorway. He is the gate. He is the entranceway into this sheepfold, into, these, into God's people. Jesus is the way to be in God's people. And he's explicitly saying that here. Jesus is the door. I am the door. So Jesus is claiming he is the only way. Jesus is the only way. So for you to be one of God's people this morning, you must go through Jesus. You must enter in through Jesus. You can't earn salvation your own way. You can't jump over the wall. You can't sneak in through a hole. You cannot earn salvation your own way, not by working, not by achieving it, but only through the gate, who is Jesus. Only through the door, who is Jesus. And Jesus claims this again later in John's gospel. In John 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one gets to the Father. No one gets to heaven. No one is with God's people unless you go through Jesus, through Jesus alone. That is what he is claiming. We live in a world that believes that we can make our own way in life. We can form our own way in life. We can go in whatever way makes you feel happy. Whatever way brings you satisfaction. Follow your goals, follow your dreams, follow whatever you want. But the Bible teaches us that those things will never satisfy. Those things, if you follow after that way, 
you will never be satisfied. The Bible teaches us that the only way that you will have life is through Jesus. If you follow what you feel, your emotions, if you follow your thoughts, that'll never bring you all you need in life. You're like a sheep without a shepherd, walking through this confusing, broken world. You're like a sheep without a shepherd, wandering in no direction. Your desires are broken. They're not perfect. Jeremiah 17 verse nine says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Your heart is deceitful. You have no way of leading yourself. You have no way of actually leading yourself. And I actually think that you know this. I actually think you probably know this. If we look at some examples, this one example, I remember a great rugby player called Johnny Wilkinson. who used to play for England. And in 2003, he was only 24. He'd achieved all the goals that you could ever think of as a professional rugby player. And he scored the winning drop goal to win England the World Cup. He was only 24. You would have thought he had it all made. You, thought, you would have thought he achieved everything in this. But in an interview after, he said in that moment, after scoring that winning drop goal, he had never felt more empty. See, Johnny Wilkinson, he'd been chasing after his own way. Throughout his life, he was chasing after his own way. And then in a world full of unknowns, after achieving what seems to be his ultimate goal, he asks, what's next? What's next for me in this world of unknowns? I remember dreaming that that could have been me as that rugby player winning the World Cup at 24. I'm a bit late for that now. Um, But even that, even those goals, even those big dreams, they're not going to bring you satisfaction. They are not going to fill that void in your life. They are not going to bring you satisfaction. This world will not bring you satisfaction. This world will not bring you hope. The only way that you will find hope is through Jesus. The only way you'll find hope. Your own desires, your own desires are, they're, in, they're against God. Your own desires are sinful. Your own desires will separate you from God. But Jesus comes and Jesus welcomes you to come to him. Jesus welcomes you to come to him. You can come in to be with God's people through Jesus, who is the door. How can you be saved, as Jesus is saying? How can you be saved from wrath? How can you be saved and find hope in a broken world? How can you be kept safe in the sheepfold? Well, that's through Jesus. And Jesus teaches us that we, to believe in him, to enter through this door, we get that through repenting and believing in Jesus. Through turning away from the things that we've done wrong, through turning away from the actions of our heart that separate us from God and running to Jesus and trusting in who Jesus is. You you can know him today. Through believing in him, you can know him today. Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can be saved from this broken world, from your sinful nature that is bringing you to an eternity in hell, an eternity in wrath. You can be saved from that through Jesus who welcomes you, who opens the gate for you because he is the gate for you. 
to come to him if you repent and believe in him. So you will be brought into God's people. You will be brought into this sheepfold through following Jesus who is the door. And as you enter into this sheepfold, as we continue in Jesus' explanation of this imagery that he gave in verses one to five, we see that firstly, Jesus is the door. Secondly, we see that Jesus is the shepherd. He is the shepherd leader who cares for you. So secondly, you should follow Jesus, the good shepherd, because he cares for you. Look at verses 10 to 15 with me. Verse 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves, leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay my life down for the sheep. So in verse 11, Jesus is explicitly telling us that he is the shepherd. He is the good shepherd. He is the leader. He is the leader for you, his sheep. Jesus is explicitly telling us he is the perfect shepherd, the perfect leader. If you didn't have him, you'd be wandering like a sheep, lost. And primarily, primarily what I want us to look at is in Jesus, Jesus in shepherding you, in leading you, in care, he cares for you. So in shepherding you and leading you, he cares for you. Look, let's look at the ways in which he cares for you. Firstly, in verse 10, he gives, his life, gives you life and life abundant. Look at the contrast there in verse 10 with the thief and then with Jesus. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. Remember how the thieves entered the field? Remember how the thieves entered the sheepfold? Over the fence, they had to jump in. They had to enter through in a different way and they came in to steal and kill and destroy the sheep. That is what the thieves would do. So who are these thieves? Well, the thieves are, are anything of this world that is against God. Anything that is of, of this world that is against God, anything that is from the devil, anything that pulls you away from God, they do not want you, the devil does not want you to have life with God. He does not want you to stay in life with God. He wants to pull you away. So I want to encourage you to, to be alert because there are thieves. There are thieves in this world that are trying to pull you out of God's flock. There are thieves in, maybe in your workplace, in your family, on your phones, on social media. There are these thieves that are trying to pull you out of God's flock. Do not fall into that. Resist the thieves. Do not go after your own way and instead find life abundant in Jesus. Find life abundant in Jesus. He promises you life abundant. What is that? Well, it's a life of joy. It's a life of peace. Life with Jesus is glorious. Let's think on it for a second. In the midst of your tiring and difficult life, you can come to Jesus who takes your burdens. 
in your anxieties in life. You can cast all of your anxieties on him because he cares for you. In suffering, you can rejoice because Christ is with you in your suffering. Christ is with you in all of these things. So you can follow Jesus the good shepherd because he cares for you and he gives you life abundant. He gives you life abundant. Look at the other ways in which Jesus cares for you. Look at verse 11. It says, Jesus says that he lays his life down for the sheep. He lays his life down for the sheep. He gives you, he gives his life up for you. Jesus, who in himself is God, the one who created all things, the one who knows all things, sustains all things, he actually lays his life down for you. He did that when he went to the cross for you and he does that today as he cares for you. Look at the imagery in verse 12 and 13 as well. Jesus explains that if there was a hired hand, the hired hand would just leave the sheep. If, if Jesus was a hired hand, he would just leave the sheep, but he's not a hired hand, he's the shepherd. He's not gonna leave. Have you ever been hired before? I'm sure any of you over the age of 16 have probably been hired to some aspect before in your life. But when you're, when you're hired, you might try to work your hardest for a company. You might try to give your all for a company and try to serve them well. But if you're a hired hand, you never care for the company as much as the owner of the company cares. You never care just as much as the, as the owner cares for the company. I used to work for a computer manufacturing plant and I used to try to go in there every day and I used to work as hard as I could. But see when five o'clock came? <laughs> I was, I was out the door as quickly as I could. When five o'clock came, I was out as quickly as I could because, well, my job was done for the day. But I remember the owner used to sit and take calls from all around the world, from India, from America, from all these different time zones. He used to sit until ridiculous hours of the morning because he owned the company, because he cared for the company. The company was like his creation. It was like his baby. It was like the thing that he made. So, so he was trying to care for the company and try to make it as productive as possible. But a hired hand just wouldn't care as much as, as the shepherd would. A hired hand wouldn't care as much as the owner of the company would. The shepherd's care and love for the sheep cannot be matched by a hired hand. It can't be matched. And Jesus cares for you and loves you as his sheep more than you could ever imagine. More than you could ever imagine. He cares for his people. He cares for you in ways that this world and all its promises could never care for you. He cares for you in ways that this world could never care for you. Why does Jesus care for you? Because you're his creation. Because <laughs> you are his people. You are his sheep. You are the ones in which he cares for. He loves you. You are made to glorify him. And he loves you. He created you and he loves you. And he loves you so much that he lays his life down for you. He lays his life down. That's what the passage is saying. But what does it mean that Jesus lays his life down? It's a sacrifice to serve and love. Jesus sacrifices to serve and love and to love. The Bible tells us that in John, in John 15, verse 13, it says, greater love has no one than this, than someone lay down his life for his friends. 
Jesus shows this great love in the fact that he lays his life down. The greatest love is that Jesus lays his life down for you, his sheep. And he ultimately did that when he went to the cross. He, the sinless one, took your sin on the cross so that you no longer have to bear it, so that you can enter into the sheepfold, so that you can have life, life abundant on this earth. So follow Jesus because he cares for you. He laid his life down for you. And look at the next way in which Jesus cares for you. He knows you in verses 14 and 15. Look at that. Jesus, he knows the sheep. I know my own and my own know me, it says. Personally, Jesus knows you. He created you and he knows you. Remember the image at the start in verses three where it says he calls out the sheep by name. By name. He knows them all individually. And then the sheep know his voice. So Jesus knows the sheep and caring for his sheep, he knows the sheep and the sheep will respond to him and know his voice and they will follow him. Jesus knows you. And look at this beautiful comparison made in verse 15 as well. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, Jesus knows you as well as he knows the Father. He is, united, he, he is the Trinity, the united God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and he knows you as well as he knows the Father. United in one being, he knows you. Jesus knows you. He knows you in your sufferings, in your struggles, in your hardest days, when it's hard to get the kids out for church in the morning, when it's hard to get up for work in the morning. Jesus knows you. He cares for you. In knowing you, he cares for you. So we've seen that Jesus, that you should follow Jesus who cares for you. We have seen that Jesus, you should follow Jesus who is the way for you to come to him. And finally, what I want you to see is you, you should follow Jesus today the good shepherd, because he has authority. Because he has authority. Look at verses 16 to 18 with me. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold that I must bring them also. And they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my father. In verse 16, Jesus talks about bringing all of these sheep to himself. He's gonna bring the sheep to himself is what he's saying. These sheep that aren't of his fold, that aren't his people. So he's gonna go out and he's gonna bring people to himself. In context, as Jesus speaks to the Pharisee, he's most likely talking about his salvation, his kingdom is going to be for more than just the Jewish people as the Pharisee would have believed. So the Pharisee would have thought that God's people was only for the Jewish people. But Jesus is making a way for all people to come to know him. In doing this, Jesus in his sovereign will is going to bring people from every nation to himself. This also shows Jesus' sovereignty, his control over all things. He is bringing people to himself, to his people. He is bringing you to be his people in his sheepfold. This fact should bring us to praise God as we follow him. We should praise God for his sovereign control because he has authority 
to bring people to himself. He has the authority to bring people to himself. He is in control of all things, and his gospel is for all people. It's gone out to all the world for all people. Not just for one people group, as was once believed, and what the Pharisee would have believed. It wasn't just for one people group, but it was for all people, so that we could come to be in the sheepfold with him. His salvation is for you. His salvation is for you. Jesus has the authority in bringing people to himself, but Jesus also has the authority to lay his life down. And that's what we've seen in this as well. Jesus is this great leader who chooses to lay his life down. I wonder what kind of leaders you follow. I wonder what kind of leaders you follow. We've all seen leaders who we might feel aren't quite gifted for leadership, maybe in our workplace or in our, or in our schools or in different aspects of life. We have probably seen leaders who we felt they're not quite fit for the job. Who don't, they don't have this authority. They don't hold this authority. They just, kind of, they just kind of go with the flow. They're kind of soft. They don't really take charge. We want leaders who have authority. We want leaders who have power. We need to follow leaders that have some sort of control over the situation, who aren't just going with the flow. And we want to follow leaders we most likely want to follow leaders who are actually humble, who are actually humble leaders, who choose to serve, who choose to actually go out of their way to serve and not just boss you about and tell you to do things, but actually serve and love you. Those are the kind of leaders that we want to follow. Leaders who have authority, but leaders who are humble. And Jesus is the perfect example of that. Jesus is the perfect example of that kind of leader. As he shepherds the flock, he is the perfect example of a leader who has authority, but in his authority is so humble. In verse 17 and 18, we see that Jesus is displaying his authority and power, but he's also displaying his humble servanthood toward the Father. And that's what we saw last week. Jesus is the submissive son. He's a submissive son to the Father. Even in all of his authority, he is a submissive son. And that should actually drive us to want to follow Jesus. In his humility, in him laying his life down for you. Even though he had all the authority, all the power, he laid his life down. And he, he lays his life down for you, his sheep. On his own accord, it says, he chose to do this. He chose to go to the cross for you. He chose to to die for you. He is in control, yet he chose to be sacrificed for you so that you can be with him for all of eternity. He had, he had the authority, yet he humbly chose to die. Hebrews 12 verse 2 says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy set before him. He has the authority, he chose to die. But he, was also, he also has the authority to be raised again. He has the authority to take his life up again. He took his life up again, showing you the power that he has over death, that he has conquered death, that he is over the power that death has. And after Jesus was raised again in his authority, he, he appeared to his people again. In his authority, he appeared to his people. And he gave a command to his people when he appeared. In Matthew 28, verse 18, it says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them all that I have commanded you. Good leaders, 
don't only have authority and are humble, but good leaders give good, clear instruction in their authority. And that's what Jesus did. In his authority, he gave this good, clear instruction as he returned. Jesus, who is the good shepherd, the good leader, came and he commanded his people to go out, to share this good news, to share the news that Jesus is the door to the sheepfold, to share the news that Jesus cares for you, to share the news that Jesus has authority. Are you following your shepherd's command this morning? Are you following the leader's command this morning? Are you going, are you sharing the gospel with your workmates, with your classmates in school? Are you sharing it with your friends, your family, your neighbors, your sports teams? Are you sharing the gospel? Are you following your shepherd this morning and sharing the gospel this morning? In verse 16, Jesus, in his authority, we know this, he's bringing his sheep to himself. And he's going to do that now through using us, his people. He has sent his people out in this command and he's going to use us to bring people to the sheepfold by the power of his Holy Spirit as we go out to share the gospel. He's using his people to bring others to the sheepfold. And look at the end of verse 16 there as well. It says there will be one flock and one shepherd. So he's going to bring all of these people, all of these nations into one flock, into one nation, his nation. That is the sheepfold. All of these people who follow Jesus gathered before Jesus. That is the sheepfold. That is the nation, the one nation, the one flock that we will be gathered in beautiful unity with Christ, who is the shepherd, glorifying and praising Christ, who is the shepherd. That is what we look forward to as we will be in heaven glorifying him, the shepherd. That is the nation that we're a part of. That's the nation that we're a part of this morning. So as you today follow Jesus, follow him because he has authority. Follow him because he cares for you. Follow him because he is the way for you to be in the sheepfold. Follow Jesus today. Let him lead you as your good shepherd. Let Jesus lead you. Follow Jesus, who has laid his life down for you. In a minute, we're going to sing a beautiful psalm. We're going to sing that to God, who is our shepherd. So I encourage you to sing it to him, remembering that you are going to follow him. You're trusting in him. He gave you a way for salvation. He cares for you. He has all authority. Let's pray and then we'll sing this song. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that we can learn from your word. We thank you that you are the good shepherd who laid down his life. Thank you that Jesus laid down his life for us, his sheep. So Father, help us to follow you, our shepherd, this morning. Help us to follow you, the one with authority, the one who cares, and the one who is the way. Help us to follow you this morning. Lord, would you help us to sing praise to you, the good shepherd now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.